You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. We'll be talking about Echo and the Bunnymen, Porcupine. On the line, I have Rob. Yeah, yes. Ben. Hello. And Kyle. Howdy. Porcupine is the third studio album by the English post-punk band Echo and the Bunnymen. First released on the 4th of February, 1983. The producer was Ian Brody, and the genre is post-punk and neo-psychedelia. I'm going to read from the book, Mark Bennett. Porcupine split critical and fanned opinion. Perhaps given the troubled birth of the album and the spiky thinking behind it, this was to be its fate. The Bunnymen had found 1981's Heaven Up Here, A Breeze to Write. Their third full-length album, preceded by a period of creative block, was anything but. Porcupine represented singer Ian McCall's most autobiographical writing and repelled many with its sharp quills, including parent company WEA, who deemed it insufficiently commercial. Weirdly, the band uh, agreed and went back to the studio to use the first version as the springboard for the second attempt. This terminal goes some way to explain the power of Porcupine. Its first single, The Back of Love, alternatively breakneck and dreamy, distilled perfectly the feelings of all and otherness that only Echo and the Bunnymen seemed able to conjure. Who else could break the back of love in a celebratory fashion? Indian violinist Shankar recorded a sitar-led intro and chorus to second single, The Cutter, much to the chagrin of the entire band. Manager Bill Drummond also recorded a trumpet section for the joyously soaring middle eight. Despite their anger, the band conceded it, it improved the song. The Cutter reached number eight in the UK in January 1983, and the album peaked at number two. Thereafter, there was no easy listening on Porcupine. McCall's isolationism and increasingly operatic delivery were little softened by the production in Eastern sounds, less accessible and more troubled, certainly, but repeated listening rewards tenfold. All right, what do we think of Echo and the Bunnyman, Porcupine? Fantastic record. I like this better than Crocodiles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I felt like yeah, we should just start here. We, yeah, we definitely yeah. should have just started here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are all their albums named after uh, uh, pointy animals? Negative. Yeah. No. Man. No. They, they, they could have, though. They really they missed, missed that. They missed that. They missed the boat with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's called Ocean, Ocean Rain. Ocean Rain. Yeah. Ocean Rain, yeah. <laughs> that was the first Echo album I ever, I ever got. Uh, Yeah, we'll get to Ocean Rain, actually, which is... So that's and, funny. Yeah. Is that the one with Killing Moon on it? Yeah. Cool. I loved every song on this record. So, yeah, me too, man. My God, it's uh, full of stars. Not, <laughs> so dang good. Uh, so Bill Drummond, uh, is that, that's the dude from the KLF? Hmm. I didn't even that's put that, <laughs> I didn't even put that together. Yeah. 
then the, the, not only does he write uh, delightful dance floor bangers, he uh, apparently plays a nice trumpet. I, this one took me a while, though. I I definitely had to listen to it, uh, like the, like the Ben Bustle says three times, right? Three times. You have to at least get in there three times, and after the third time, I was I, I was like, all right, I, I see where this is going. I see how it's how it's gelling together. Yeah, it it didn't grab me right away. I think I have a aversion to the sort of cure not cure, uh, this this sort of like new romantic movement. This was a little harsher, though. There's a little psychedelic in here. There's a little post-punk in here. Would you consider the song Porcupine, track five, goth? Is that goth? <gasps> if not, why not? I don't understand. That song is epic. I think I think a lot of this has goth elements in it. Yeah, they're kind of gothy. They're kind of a gothy band. They're goth adjacent. Mm-hmm. They did travel to Iceland mm-hmm. just for the cover photo because they wanted it cold and dim. I look at that, that cover photo and I... And I know it's, you know, they were like, it's really dangerous. We could have just fallen to our death on this cover <laughs> yeah. photo. And I look at it and I'm thinking, was it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> I would need to see the the 30 minute film that they also did, though. Yeah, that's true. They were they did do the entire film. <laughs> but yeah, I do like the idea of we've got a budget for 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 imagery. Let's fly to Reykjavik. <laughs> and just walk around in the snowy mountains, and I'm sure we'll get some cool pictures. If I was in that band, I'd be like, tight. Yeah, let, let's get out of Dodge. Let's go to Iceland for the weekend, and, and well, maybe we'll get a cool band picture. <laughs> no, absolutely. Iceland has, uh, like, on the sides of the major highways, just uh, stopping points for saunas because of all the geothermal stuff. You get, Like, they just have boxes you can pull over next to and sauna. That's awesome. Which is a uh, pretty cool. You know what this uh, album gave me uh, feelings of? It reminded me of uh, Juju, uh, the mm. Susie. Like just the, uh, yeah. the, the this feels like the shift. Um, the um, and I know that they had a hell of a time like <laughs> making this record, but yeah, like it, it's a it, it's a it's a decided difference between what uh, what Crocodile uh, to this. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're not saying like you're jump. not comparing it musically. You're saying it in terms of growth from their first yeah. album to the okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see this that. This feels like it was written by uh, by adults who had been playing their instruments for a minute. Everything's better on this record. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, Crocodile just did not. It it didn't hit me well. Um, not it, like it, this. It felt like a lot of workshop material. Like they they had a lot of different songs that were were okay but as a whole album it felt like they were picking apart from here apart from here and this feels yeah more like i think ian you know maybe just took control and said we're doing we're doing this stuff yeah i mean he 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 produced the whole fucking thing like (laughs) this is a this is his baby wait Uh, there's two ians which you call that's a just, just strike that from the record. Oh, his voice soars on this. His voice is incredible on this record. Yeah, it's really good. Apparently, making this album was just a shitty time the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one really had fun. Across. Yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite of Eliminator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where Dusty and Frank had a great time fishing. <laughs> <laughs>
chopping block, chopping up my stopping thoughts. Self-doubt and selfism were the cheapest things I ever bought. I, wanna, I really want to know why it was initially rejected. Like, what, I what listened did they to do? The, I listened to the alternate versions, like, and they sound great. I have no idea what the record company was wanting. Like, I, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. Is that what the... I, I heard a bonus track, uh, the different version of the cutter, where it's, like, just a guitar playing that sitar line instead of, like, a... Actually, it, it, yeah. I don't know if that's from the original, what they originally did. The cutter is, like, my favorite song on this record, and... I actually, I, I I like the jangly guitar one more than the more produced one, actually. Yeah, hmm. but the, the it, it's it's good song. Yeah, yeah Cutter was the only song I'd ever heard on this record um, previously. So, you know, first track, I was like, this is pretty good. You know, I love that song. And then, uh, ooh, The Back of Love? I didn't know that was a single. I'd never heard that song. Just, ooh, that one-two combo at the beginning of the record. I, I like this whole record, but the first two songs are definitely my favorite two songs. That might yeah. just be me. I didn't realize they were the two singles. I found that out later what, when I was reading about it. What about Heads Will Roll, though? Oh, Heads Will Roll's good. Yeah, yes. I like Clay, but those first two songs really grabbed me on my on my initial listen. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're they're poppy. And <laughs> like I was I was hoping there'd be something on on side B that would grab me like those. Two. I guess Heads Will Roll. But like by the time we get to like higher hell, I don't know. Maybe I just need more listens to higher hell. But by higher hell, I just wrote boring and long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Did you guys notice the uh, the singles release? Like uh, Back of Love was released uh, in May of '82. Cutter wasn't released until January of '83. Yeah, that's yeah, a long one. fucking time. Why would that be? No idea but just try, trying to stretch it out to see if they can uh, knock Thriller <laughs> off the fucking track, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're, yeah, they're just waiting, biding <laughs> their time. They're like, we're not going to compete with U2 and Thriller and Madonna. I was going to say, s- like, someone else that we're covering is the one that to, to take that crown of knocking yeah. Thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This has a real vibe to it that is hard to, uh, it's hard to describe. It has that echo those ringing guitars, but then it has a, a bit of the psychedelia throughout that violin and just the way it's presented. I would say almost too, it doesn't sound like there's singles in the traditional sense too. I mean, maybe back of love, but there's not like a hook. I feel like in, in a lot I of think these the cutter songs. has a pretty good hook. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I think that uh, whatever bridge slash verse thing where it like breaks out with the horns is a uh, like it, it, it kind of reminded me of Dexy's a little bit mm-hmm. with uh, like the the tonal shift. Uh, the one that we have in our ears right now um, is this uh, my white devil. This is Clay. Clay. This is Clay. Okay, my bad. Um, yeah, this had uh, remind me a little bit of uh, get some Joy Division out of it. Sure. And uh, some of the guitar work like breakdown wise actually remind me a lot of sonic youth yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah they're just they're just stretching man and and everything they're throwing at the wall is sticking yeah 
I love the little which is crazy touches too. Like on the last one, uh, White Devil. The I don't know if it's a marimba or or xylophone. Xylophone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that little breakdown with the xylophone. I mean, just I'm, those I'm little touches. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> love the mallets. And now we have a uh, porcupine. porcupine. Yep. Porcupine. Porcupine racetrack. Right, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> Going down to the porcupine racetrack. Yeah. Porcupine, porcupine, porcupine racetrack. Um, porcupine. I wrote down. Uh, I never know how to pronounce his name. The the composer for the spaghetti westerns, Ennio Marconi. 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 Mm-hmm. Remind me of that. Yeah, you're right. Has a little. I bit can of hear that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remind me of the Nick Caves sure. later work. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that porcupine was definitely a standout track on the record. Me too. Uh, has anybody seen the videos for? Uh, the VHS video that has in bluer skies, the cutter, my white devil, porcupine heads will roll in the back of love. I, I want to find the this. one. Is that the, the, did, did they, is that what they filmed in Iceland or mm-hmm. is cool? Yeah. VHS release. So, you know, they made these six music videos, uh, to go along with the album. And, um, yeah, I, I haven't seen, it. I want to, I want to see. It's called an Atlas adventure. Yeah. I would watch that, which is amazing because they only I mean, obviously, they didn't release all those to MTV. They weren't all played, but they obviously, you know, almost like a concept album or a little concept video of these different uh, music videos. It was it was kind of funny because their <laughs> their manager knew that they weren't getting along. Right. So he, he arranged for a tour in Scotland, April 1982 in an effort to make the band, you know, get together, work a little bit, write some songs, communicate. <laughs> Obviously, his plan failed uh, as the tour there was, the, you know, it was a terrible tour and the band me- members hated each other even more. It so. came back grumpier. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I think it's I think sounds it's, like a sump pump store. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I don't really hear the the strain, you know, not getting along on the album. Mm-mm. If there if there was any, but was that was that because uh, the first version that was recorded? Uh, You're right. <laughs> maybe so you can hear the anger this. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that maybe that's what it is. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, they probably got it out of their system. <laughs> Sorry, thought... kids are too damn angry. Yeah, <laughs> I can't decide if I was. I guess it would depend on my headspace what I would think if someone told me to go back and record it again. It depends on how I felt about the project I was turning in. Right. Because if they're like, hey, you guys need to redo this, and they're all like, all right. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> we, we, I was kind of anticipating you would say that. We've already booked a <laughs> studio time. <laughs> like, yeah. I ain't mad at you. Yeah. Oh, so you hear it too? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
looking forward to uh, listening to their uh, Ocean Rain after after this one. Because I'm pretty familiar with that one, but just kind of see, I don't know, how they evolved a little bit in, in that year. Because mm-hmm. they're on fire here. Yeah. I, what would you say? More commercial? I don't know. It kind of shimmers more. Yeah. It's, it has a mm-hmm. bit more. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, did great in the UK. Reached number two on the UK Good charts. Good job, Echo. Yeah. Wow. number. But in U.S., it definitely uh, fell a little short at 137 mm. on the Billboard I, 200. I'd never heard any song off this album. I, I didn't know Cutter or Backup Love. Yeah, I knew the Cutter. Like I said, that was it. First time for me. I've never heard this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Echo, Echo and the Bunnymen were always one of those bands that I, I was like, I like The Cure. I like Joy Division. Do I really need to... How deep do I need to go into Teardrop Explodes, Echo and the Bunnymen, Orange Juice, you know, like all these other <laughs> sad British bands, a- adjacent bands. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, that, that's what that's what's been killing me on this uh, project. The the amount of Echo and the Bunnymen that we had, my knowledge of them ending at the Killing Moon and then being like, <laughs> when, but when do they when do they sound like that? When do they get <laughs> like, why, why am I listening to the rest of the shit? What is this crap? <laughs> And, and and now here we are. And, and now yeah. I understand. Are we all in agreement though? We could have probably just started here. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Put a fucking Buckles record in, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This this song's the fucking jam right here, man. Yeah. Is this heads will roll? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking hell of yeah. a song. Yeah, driving that's a, groove. That's a mixtape right there. Yeah. High oh, yeah. mm-hmm. drumming too. Yeah, Love. I like everything about this track. I like the little little twiddly d guitar flourishes during the chorus i like i like just the drive like the drivingness of it it just like moves forward uh rob would you i know you and kyle are big on psychedelic furs does this when you hear this does it relate anything to psychedelic furs for you or is it completely opposite okay not really i mean not opposite but it 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 doesn't i i I don't it doesn't feel as if one is you know Mm -hmm. In the same room as the other, you know, like okay. it's a pretty. I could see them playing thing. a show together. Sure. Oh yeah, and I would be there. I would watch that show. Yeah, I would stand up the whole time, even though my back hurts because I'm old <laughs> and the concrete floors just don't do anything for me anymore. <laughs> Give me that show. You got to get those ortho- orthopedic shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna be leaning on that stage. <laughs> All six foot four of me. Fuck you for not getting here early. You short <laughs> piece of shit. Produced by uh, was it Ian Brody? Kingbird, yeah. Who later went on to form the Lightning Seeds. So I stopped eating pigs like three years ago. (laughs) So I really like the line in Porcupine when he said, "Smash the pig! This pork is mine. I'm pining for the pork of the porcupine." (laughs) It's so fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. That's you every time the McRib comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, what if I made you a porcupine meat McRib? I'd like to like smell it. I I suppose. I watch. I watched that show, that reality show alive where people just need to survive out in the wilderness on their own. And like the last person still out there that hasn't like, uh, that hasn't tapped out, uh, wins. According to those people, porcupine is a delicacy and they're always hoping they can catch themselves a porcupine. The fuck? Yeah. They want the pork of the porcupine. They're pining for the pork of the porcupine. (laughs) That pork is mine. (laughs) All positive. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I like, I like this. All right, I, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad the book showed yeah. me this record. It's going to be yeah. uh, one I listen to more often than not when the same project is done. Yeah, 
This is great. Look for look for a copy. I don't know if we'll, there'll be any uh, dusty bins, but see we'll, any single uh, Echo and the Bunnymen <laughs> record. Yeah, in I, a, I don't know how dusty many of these bin. records of uh, copies of this album there are stateside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they sold over 100,000 in the UK, so uh, might have to get an import. All right, next time we'll be talking about ZZ Top Eliminator. All right, thanks, oh, y'all. Woo!